So we're here today with Brad, my good friend Brad from the Sunshine Coast in Australia. And he is further down the line than me, very much so in the area of community. So that's why I asked him to come along here today and, uh, you know, have a, a big discussion about community. So, hey there, Brad. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, brother. Thanks so much for having me. Hey. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure to get to know you in the time that we have, and I look forward to talking about this. It's, it's definitely uh, something that we're giving our attention to and consideration to, and I'm sure that it's different for a lot of places around the world, but I guarantee you there's a lot of people who are sitting down asking what does community mean these days and how is that way forward for us. Indeed. Indeed, yeah. We were just having a little pre-show uh, chat, and and I I kind of realised that my idea of community is uh, is maybe a little rigid, you know. So um, yeah, I I think like many many people out there who have this idea like me of wanting to be part of a community is that you know we're looking to you know uh, find certain kinds of people and in a way it's kind of like a closed thing. And you, you kind of opened me up to something. You said, well, yeah, it's that, but it's, you know, you, you can't kind of make it too sort of isolated. We don't want to turn things into a cult, right? Yeah, it's funny, yeah. Like, we've, we've been down that path, you know, and we're really moving into a new paradigm, new energy, new possibility that's opening up to everyone around the world, really. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting when you open the gates to the community? When do you open the possibility to group people that you've got together with that have agreed to join forces on how do we move forward? And, you know, like there's so much you can say about that, Jasper. And ultimately it comes down to trust and safety because it doesn't matter who you are, male, female, wherever you come from, if you, if you can't feel trust with the people you're surrounded with and you can't feel safe to be a part of something where you all agree that this is what we're a part of, then it's really hard to get things done um, and move forward. And so I'm all for taking the cap off the limitation of what community can mean and to review that and constantly review that as we live our lives because I believe that we're all discovering what community can mean in a new way in a way that hasn't been before. And it's gonna be different from different places, but I definitely just see the need, brother, for a concerted group of individuals that have come together for common purpose. And I also see the need for um, having discernment with who's a part of that and how they become a part of it. But first you need to know what you're doing and what your purpose is, what you stand for. What are your rules of engagement if you want to empower other people to be a part of that? What are your values? And it's not like a it's not a hierarchy thing. It's not like a you need to do this to be that. It's just like, can you rock up to that garden day? Can you go to that community day? Can you uh, be of service to someone within that trust network that might need your help? if you've got the ability to help. And this is how you prove yourself to a community. Um, and I think that's really important. And, you know, you have all these little communities that are accidentally being communities. 
that are just trying to help each other, and that's really important. But what's more powerful than that is when a group of people have gotten together and they've gone, we've actually got some common goals that we want to achieve that are for the betterment of humankind and for the betterment of our local communities. And we've realised that we've got the potential to embody that and enact that. And we want to get together to combine our resources, talents and skills to create something that is um, by the people for the people. And that takes a lot of courage, a lot of trust, a lot of feeling safe with people are seeing things how you're seeing it. And I think that the paradigm of here's on paper what our community means and if you don't fit that, then you're out. I see the need for things that are similar to that, but I, I believe that empowerment is a better way to go about it than shutting the gates. But if we think that we think that we can move without discernment, we're misled. We need to be careful uh, who, we're, who we're working with and how, and we need to feel like they're our people. We need to feel like they're seeing the world as we are, like from a place of creation, from a place of love, and not from a place of fear, you know, because that's a, that's a shift in paradigm that we need, because we can't default to old models. We need to create new models, and to create, we need to feel safe feel safe we need to feel like we have others who are belonging like we feel like we're belonging and and so yeah it's in a, where i'm from right now there's been lots of groups come together and, and fall come together in a greater and it's been like a reorchestration process of exploring what community means and different groups are concentrated on different aspects of how we might move forward and uh, decentralise ourselves from a system that doesn't have our best interests at hand. And maybe it hasn't for some time, but people are realising that on a very grand scale. And they want to be a part of creating the new, but they need guidance. So we right. need leaders. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? I, yeah. Thanks. No, no, you, you talking about needing guidance and needing leaders. Um, was something that was on my mind as you were talking there, because um, do you think it's possible uh, for that, you know, for a, a conscious community to bloom and blossom without uh, a sort of a, a de facto leader, um, you know, so that e each person within the community really knows their own uh, their own role and they take they take responsibility for themselves? Or do you feel that ultimately it's kind of good that people realize that, you know, within a community, there is kind of one guy or one girl or what, you know, whoever it is, um, who seems to have more of a, just an inbuilt, it's just part of their dharma, um, that they're better at directing people. So, yeah, what, what do you feel about that? I think that it's about the individual, but it isn't. So what I mean by that is that if a group of individuals can come together in equanimity without hierarchy, those group of individuals are all leaders from different clans, from different groups, and they get together and they say, well, together we can come to understand what our role in community is, and we can share ideas and have debates around what we think is the best thing without 
said cult leader needing to be the one who ultimately decides. And so I believe in a council. I think that every community needs a council of leaders, but it shouldn't be one man or woman. And it should be elected by the people who are within that community to a degree or who helped create it, you know, because ultimately we're creating new communities, we're creating new paradigms. So whoever the founding members of that creation story are need to hold the crystalline integrity of what it's about. And it's through their living awareness of that and them breathing life into that, that whoever comes into that gets bridged in. And bridging is, is a term that we've used a lot because it's like, how do we bridge from where we've been to where we're going? How do we bridge old paradigm, new paradigm? How do we bridge people who are in fear and desperation to people who are in knowingness and creation? So I believe a council is important and um, it's not a hierarchy. It's more of like a uh, rings of empowerment. So that, that council decides on modules that they believe would benefit community and then they empower key people that come their way through their daily living and their networks, their respective networks. They empower them through mentor programs to enact those modules that have been developed by a core council to then ripple out and empower community in a decentralized manner. But having leadership, having moral principle, having rules of engagement is absolutely foundational in my opinion. And it's something that we should focus on first before we focus on the numbers game or needing funding or, or anything else. Because that is, as far as I've experienced a new paradigm, it's like live it, be it, come to inner standard and also surrender your ideas of how you think that's going to happen. And then you will get shown one way or another. You'll be supported, but you need to have a plan. And, yeah. and it's not a numbers game. Yeah, well, thanks for that. That makes real sense to me because, you know, just as a man, it, it, it feels natural that their authority, the principle of authority has to be a part of it. You know, the principle of, we could say the good side of control, of order and discipline, um, you know, has to be a part of it. So that that really makes sense, you know, because I, I've spoken about in past shows about the fact that we, we are moving into the feminine now, you know, the the whole... It, it seems like the polarity, which is, you know, kind of primarily uh, that the humanity is, is resonating to, is shifting from the masculine to the feminine. And so within that, there can kind of be this sort of this sort of rejection of authority and control, because we've seen that played out as, you know, many times as the sort of the negative uh, side of uh, of the masculine. Uh, but, you know, the worst thing we can do is throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because, uh, yeah, you know, we need uh, like, you know, the, the polarity needs to be balanced, even though we're moving into the feminine. We need to maintain the good as the good aspects of the masculine. So, For sure. yeah, For sure. and like yeah. and I totally hear you that on on that Jasper. And we were like, we can talk about masculine and feminine. We can talk about the fact that. Most men, okay, I'll just speak about Australia. Most men in Australia don't know what it means to be men. And they've never been initiated. I've had to have incredible experiences and people around me to be on the process of learning what it could mean to be a man and to balance out my own masculine and feminine. The whole 
distortion around male, female, masculine, and feminine in this time. As I've discussed with you in the past, I remember a conversation we had about um, how we are moving into a more feminine time and it is, there's going to be more distortion because there's there's more options, you know, feminine to that vast ocean of possibility, whereas masculine it tends to like focus and draw attention to and, you know, as far as the individual is concerned, we need to have ceremony, uh, we need to have fire circle, we need to have communion wherever we are in the world with our fellow men and our fellow women, they need to have their ceremony and communion. And I'm a big believer in secret men's and women's business that we have that separate and then we come together. Um, mm. and, and I really think that's important, brother, because we live in a time where there is so much distortion that, but also there's this intuitive awakening happening within all of us. And, and if we can, if we can stay true to our purpose and that possibility of the fact that we're here to create goodness, then our discovery of what it means to be masculine and feminine and balance between those polarities can be an amazing process. And I really think we're here to do that in this lifetime. Beautiful. Yeah, very well said. Hey, just on a practical note, it seems that, uh, that there's something's going on with your camera there. Um, can you see is something starting to obscure? Ah, oh, there, there we go. Sorry, there brother. I don't know what was going on there. That was the uh, sticker that was covering it, gradually okay. moving way back over the top. Ah, okay. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Keeping up big brother or big, big sister, as I call it. Oh man, honestly, yeah. where, where, where does the list end? It doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Sorry, what was that? I said, where does that list end? You know. Um, oh, exactly, exactly. Anyway, that. Stop worrying. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's you know it's it's very interesting what you said about um you know in uh secret men's groups and secret women's groups. I I think this is very important. It's not exclusionary in any way. I mean, I, I, you know, I was born in the 60s and um, it was really only in the sort of the in the 2000s that I started to see like, you know, when people were going out like big groups of uh, of men and women kind of together. Before that time, it was, you know, there, there was more like sort of guys, big tables of guys and big tables of, of women. And it's sort of like when, of course, we can have opposite sex friends but there's something to that that when we uh engage with somebody from the opposite sex and 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 that's kind of assuming that we're attracted to the opposite sex um that somehow we in order to engage with them in a friend friend way in a non-sexual way we're kind of damping down our 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 masculinity or our femininity We're, we're moving it you know what i mean we're moving in more towards the center as a man, I'm moving out of my masculinity, moving more towards my feminine in order to engage with a woman. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, you know, as yeah, as, as things are changing and, uh, you know, we can't go back this uh, th- this idea of men's groups and women's groups. When we have this again, this sort of concentrated um, blessing of being with the brothers or, or the, the women being with the sisters, it's this, this is just so important. Yeah, brother, it really is. You know, like, uh, 
I think at the start of our conversation, we talked about belonging really quickly and what it feels to belong. And so, you know, we're geared differently. Men and women are geared differently to, to bring different things to the world, to balance each other out. To, it's perfect. You can't argue with it. You know, yeah. you, you, we're not here to reconsider that. We are that. You just live it. But to be honest with you, um, well, I haven't really figured out within myself, and I don't think I ever will, this dynamic dance between masculine and feminine. But I know that I'm here to discover how to be more open and less grim. I know that I'm discover here to, you know, communicate better and not shut down. And there's certain uh, traumas that we've experienced and how we've been taught what masculine is and how women have been taught what feminine is. And, you know, we may have been here many times in other lives. Anyone could have been, but that's not the point. The point is that we were born in this lifetime. And when we were born into this lifetime, depending on where you came up in the world, there were many distortions at play that were contraindicating the innate awareness of and nature of masculine and feminine, of man and woman. And so like anything that we're experiencing these days, there's a massive unlearning process and deconditioning. It's like a, a delaminating that happens on an emotional wavelength and then on a, on a physiological DNA wavelength, you know, like everything everything that we're experiencing is through our ideas how we see the world is deeply connected to our experience you know? and where 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 i see most men these days especially in various men circles up here is that they just want to feel like they can talk about what they've been through whether they were bashed by their dad as a kid or whether they were you know emotionally abused by their mum for a long time or whatever it is, it all comes down to that biological conflict that we had when we were a kid and how we were taught what masculine and feminine is and how they relate through, through observing our parents and how they related. And it, and we were born into a, a distortionate world and it's, it's really up to us to come back to what's real. And you can only really do that through um, having experiences and Keep surrendering your beliefs, keep surrendering your identity. But at the same time, it's a paradox because you've got to come to get to know yourself a little bit better. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This is really why I've longed to be part of conscious community because I felt that uh, I think there's something in, in many of us that we can, particularly men, we can do stuff alone. But when we're sharing the process with other people, and we're also seeing that, you know, when when things don't go well and, um, you know, disharmony comes up, when we're aware that there's somebody else in our in our peer group who's and, and you know, we can we can see we can observe in, in our first hand experience that these people are willing to let go of their shit. You know, that they're they're, they're they're willing to let go of stuff that we can see that they're holding on to. It helps us, doesn't it? You know, it encourages us to do the same thing. It, I, I've, I found it much more difficult, um, I think. I mean, in one way, in like a very masculine way, it's been very easy for me to be with my family and, and, and friends and, you know, just people around in, in, in the broad community. And, you know, through the whole COVID time and, and you know, even, even before that, but, you know, especially since COVID, 
and to you know um maybe just gently question what everybody else has been taking for granted and seeing the fear that comes up and the you know the suspicion and all that kind of thing and then just wanting to you know just I suppose as an older man wanting to help them to 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 uh, start questioning their beliefs and to see whether they're actually real and you know for the most part people don't want to do this and so in you know in a way in my masculine side I've been okay with this because it's like well it's not about them it's about me but I've got to admit that my feminine side is saying no I, I, I also want to feel that I'm part of something where you know I'm I'm being encouraged I'm, I'm sort of feeling that it's not just me that's doing this stuff. And uh, do, you, do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, it's less yeah. of a chamber for the, like an echo chamber of ideas and more of a heartfelt feeling that this is who I am and this is why I'm here and I feel accepted within. You know, like at one point, you're, there's an echo chamber of ideas and you really want to, you want to help your loved ones, you want to help people around you to, adopt more awareness into their lives, adopt new realms of thought, leave a little bit of who they thought they were behind so that they can discover more of that. And I, I totally get that. But there's this echo chamber of ideas that happens. And outside of that echo chamber of ideas, you've got the lived experience. And so we, there's really no shortcut for people to come to the point of resonating with others at a similar re frequency, a similar resonance, outside of the experiential way that life meets you because you are open to that, because you want that for yourself, because you've yeah. had things that have happened to you that have gone, what do I want? What do I want for myself? And how can life meet me to, to make that? And we all know, like, you know, brother, the old adage of life is happening, you know, for you, not to you. And mm. when you make that shift and you see it that way, um, then really life starts to open up from there. And all you want for your loved ones and your fellow community members, I think it's really important that there's that unspoken agreement that life is interacting with all that we are. And that we're on this journey of rediscovering our childlike imagination and joy and learning how that recreates or creates the life we want to live and then we draw experiences towards us that are helping remind us that we're on this path and we're actually we can actually have the type of life that we want but we've got to surrender how we think that's going to happen and yes yeah. It's really hard with loved ones and friends that we've known for a long time to help them to realise that they're how powerful they are within themselves if they turn the lens back and, and it goes through that avenue. The way that I've seen it is that community is really important because it creates opportunities for people to experience others who are going through the same stuff but still belonging, who are suffering but healing who are feeling but seeing another way through it and ultimately we're all trying to learn a language of feeling again and yeah. belonging because 
Otherwise, we're just running around with all these narratives and stories in our head and ideas about what's going to happen in the world and which way it's going to go and fucking rah-rah. Like, we're trying to come back to a language of intuition and feeling and trust in how life meets us. And to me, that that is my community, you know. Mm. The next layer of that is once those people are the types of people who have awakened to the potentiality of life, it's really difficult for them to then go, hang on, then what do I want to create? And how do I create it if I'm constantly surrendering to it? You know, and it's, that's another layer then. And, and so the way I see community forum, forming is very organically here, but also there's lots of groups that, that come together and then get inundated with ideas and people who have other ideas and this way is the way to do it before or they're coming from the trauma of what's happened before or the fear that this won't be there and the big one at the moment up here is is, is a natural hospital because of you know everything that's happened in the medical industry now the people who aren't vaccinated whether they be practitioners or just you know common citizens are one are wondering like where the surgeons and the dentists are and the specific industries that exist within the system, if they're out of the system, how do they access them? So there's this big um, piece of trust that comes down to we have depended on the system so hard for so long and we're way past the point of anarchy. We're to the point of how do we create our own systems of of empowerment, our own parallel economies, our own natural hospitals, our own technologies and communication, our own homeschooling networks, our own food. How do we create this using the system as it is rather than run away from it or forecast it? How do we, how do we change it? And it's like the system isn't ready for that new paradigm energy. So the people who are building that new paradigm have to be okay with staying at a grassroots level and building it with integrity without the fear of, we need a thousand people with a million dollars each to save the world. You know, like they, it's bigger than that. And, and people who are building the new paradigm are constantly being tested and asked within their own personal lives what that really means to them. And they're having to live it and embody it, surrender to it within their own personal lives. And that's the journey of discovering community up here. Is it still deeply personal and individual? And it's, yeah, does that make sense, brother? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, thank thank you. Thank you for that. It it feels to me that um, when I try to really nutshell what I want most out of community, it really is. You mentioned it right at the start. It's that kind of feeling safe within that community. And for me, you know, as a man, it's not about, you know, the safety is not about, you know, physical safety. Um, but it's the it's the safety of it's 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 interesting as a man actually kind of admitting this, you know, but it's uh, I, I, feminine side. My emotional side is is very strong and it's not going away. And I've had to learn to integrate it and to value it and to respect it you know uh, uh, throughout my life and i've realized that this part of me um yeah it just 
it feels like I can't fully flower as a man. I can't be as creative as I can possibly be. I can't be as effective as I can possibly be until I'm interacting with people in a in in a in a daily like a, a daily way, just an ordinary everyday way, in which I can see that the that the people around me are taking responsibility for their own emotions, that they're taking responsibility for being triggered or you know or things people say. And that it's just, I, I tell you, it's just something I really long for. And uh, and I'm sure the fact that I haven't manifested it yet, um, you know, speaks something about so, uh, the, a process that's, 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 that's still going on in me. Um, you know, just, just as much as, you know, I think people like you and I, to a certain extent, it, we are kind of like the scouts who went out into the west of, uh, of, of America and also Australia, you know, where... The, the main body of people were kind of maybe over on the East Coast, you know, settling New York and those places. There were these kind of crazy guys going out where no, you know, settler had ever gone before. And they were looking for new lands. And I think that's what we're doing. And, you know, to 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 a large extent. And there are a lot of people who are, you know, they're going to find the stuff that we found and they're going, oh, my God, you know, I just I want to be a part of this. Um but you know, for the most part, there there aren't so many of us. Um, but you know, added to that, it, it's 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 also the fact that as we are discovering these new things, um, you know, we also have our ancestral baggage. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know the stuff that we that we got programmed with as we as we got um, as as we got brought up. And so, yeah, the whole thing is. Um, it's a very interesting process, as I'm sure, you know, I think I, I, I don't know if I'm uh, um, like making an assumption here, um, but I, I kind of always assume that for the younger ones like, like you, you know, who were uh, born, you're born in the 90s, right? Born in the 90s? Uh, late 80s. Late 88. 80s. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, born in the, yeah, the late 80s and the 90s and so on. It seems that you guys are becoming a lot more awesome and a lot more conscious a lot quicker than than my generation you know it was rare that people of my generation would be you know getting into this kind of stuff and feeling good about ourselves um you know before the, the age of 30 so yeah anyway just as kind of to, to kind of sum it up i what i was trying to say I, I i feel that the most important thing i want from community is this thing of just you know, realizing that the people around me that I can I can trust them, I can trust them emotionally, you know, just as my own feminine side has kind of learned to trust me emotionally. And, you know, I get pissed off or I get angry and I don't kind of like, you know, put it back on myself or I don't put it onto other people. It's like I've kind of learned to do that. But just fuck, wouldn't it be great to be with a, a bunch of other people that they're doing the same thing and I'm not having to kind of just like... Uh, you know um yeah be with a bunch of people that are you know still acting out their old childhood stuff and not here's being affected a, here's by here's the thing brother is that like as you say you're 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 a different generation to me and you know some people have had to be the the dream keepers and you know hold the possibility alive while it was laid dormant because it couldn't be met by the time to for it to to come to fruition and you know, like you spoke very openly about um, that 
feminine side of needing to feel trust and safety. And that that is honestly, it's fucking nice to hear that from a bloke, mate, because at the end of the day, what we really need when it comes to the feminine, as far as I've seen it, and like I'm generally a pretty masculine person, like, but I I have lived my life around amazing women. And from what I've come to see, if a woman can believe in a man in what he's here to create because she feels safe to do so and she feels trust that him or his conglomerate or that group of men have their best interest at heart no matter what, their belief in them to to be the to be a creator to to create something worthwhile is infinitely more powerful than anything that you will draw from any crystal any meditation any possibility to have that sacred belief from the feminine because they feel trust and safety in you to to carry out what you're here to do that is that's fucking huge and so in saying that when this comes to community, if, if we don't, as men, build and establish a model with morality, with ethics, with bridging policies, with rules of engagement, with codes of conduct, with what it means to be a part of this community, whether it's a, whether it's a land custodian with X amount of people living there, being a community, which is what I live on, um, and we're very much in the discovery process of what community means, or you're you're building a model, and this is where I'm at, and this is what I believe we're here to do, is we're here to enact and embody and define a model that connects decentralised hubs of community. So what does it mean then to be a part of that? How can I contribute? Because everyone has something different to offer. And how can women feel safe that not any Joe Blow is able to join and come onto one of the community's lands and just be a part of it? Like there needs to be mechanisms, there needs to be a vision, and there needs to be a way to do it. And this is the conversations around a community are evolving from what are the key outcomes that we want to, okay, well, how do we make that happen? How do we... How do we actually make sure that there's fluidity and passion and love that is embedded into how people become a part of this? And the only way to bring people into your, let's imagine that it isn't a land community or a closed gated community, it's actually a decentralized group of communities. The only two ways in, as far as I see it, are through healing and service. So how can you make sure that people who are joining your community, how can you be, how can you feel safe that they're going to be aligned and that you can feel safe to, as you said, totally express who you are and be your best self because you feel safe to do that within that? How can you be sure? Well, you can't be, but you can definitely help yourself and your community by having rules of engagement such as, healing and service. So the ones that we've identified are when people engage practitioners for healing that are on the network, whether they come to a fire circle that's part of the network, whether they come to a community day. We just had a community day with 100 people, 50 kids, 50 adults. It was awesome. 
um, that's part of engaging their healing. When they go and work on one of the farms that we've put in, or they go out and help process food, or they help someone with an excavator, or they do something to be of service to the network. This is how you can be involved, because for lack of a better word, it's the ultimate fuckwit filter. Healing and service. And so we identified those as really great parameters for how people can be involved in a decentralized community and how they can be filtered at the same time. Because people who are not aligned to being a part of that will naturally drop away. And it just right. won't it just won't happen. There's other things at work, you know, you do need discernment, but there's other things at work. And I think that we're here, all of us globally and within our respective communities to build a new paradigm model that encompasses collaboration, but focuses on potency over a numbers game. Not bringing in 500, 1,000, 10,000 people until you've got good purpose, good infrastructure, and good possibility with what you're dreaming in. And then you can invite others. Absolutely. Yeah, all of the best communities that I've, I haven't been involved in any conscious communities in the past, but I come from the music business and, and uh, like in the 80s and 90s in London, you know, there was just like kind of just these informal kind of um, music communities, I suppose you could call it, you know, of, um, you know, concert halls and pubs and that kind of stuff. And, and it was all like a very grassroots kind of thing. And you could see the people were just uh, were happy to be a part of that. They were really, you know, people are thrilled to be part of something which hasn't been created by some big bucks mega corporation so yeah it, it, yeah absolutely right it's it's very important to get things started from the ground up and uh, i kind of in a way i don't even like the idea of trying to create something that's so big that then you you know you advertise it on the internet and you start getting you know kind of normies kind of right you know we've got this amazing community for you all you have to do is just come and everything everything's done the, the, no. that, that's that's, that's <laughs> gone, isn't it? That 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 way that just doesn't doesn't work. That's the, that, that, this, is the whole, this is the whole kind of like you know get the poke kind of you know the the, the sort of the top down sort of centralized idea of you know we know best we know what's best for you you know we'll we'll create something for you. So that idea certainly can't be done with community. It has to, it, it's just so sexy. It's so beautiful that it's uh i think what we're discussing here is we're not really giving people absolute guidelines of what to do if there's something in the excellence of every human being that um hasn't as yet really been given a chance to shine you know and this is this is the this is the time now isn't it we're seeing this that our you know our current paradigm the communities that we're living in they just don't work anymore so we have to dig deep into ourselves and get together and somehow in that networking of uh, of conscious people who are interested in in healing and service yeah. we're going to surprise ourselves with what comes out oh definitely man like i think that was so well put brother honestly um you know when it comes down to it it's kind of accidentally on purpose yeah how it right. you know and um I would encourage 
you know, whoever listens to this or whoever hears this or whoever wants to be a part of community or build community and discover what that means, regardless of where you are in the world, the one thing that you can do is you can imagine what you want. You can imagine it before you go to bed. You can imagine it in your meditation. You can imagine any time of day. And that's that's huge. That's invoking the, the possibility of what we are. Imagination's a beautiful gift and it interplays into reality in ways that, um, you know, we haven't entirely, we're not going to work it out, but it does. And the other one is, is that imagination is the seed to creativity. So start to create start to create possibilities, start to create goodness that aligns with your soul, not what you've inherited, not what's been taught to you. And this is where other people come in, is sometimes we need other people to discover that. So find the others. Find the others that light you up, that give you joy, that, that have a spark in creating something. Find those people and then meet together and go, wow, what are we going to do about what we want this life to be? What do we want? there to be for future generations? What do we want for ourselves? And most people can't answer that, you know, because it's been so programmed that they should be something that they're not. So it's this openness and this willingness to surrender what we thought we've known to something else, but to get to know something far deeper than what we've been taught. And that's what we're here to bring within ourselves and with others. So meeting with other people who you resonate with and who share similar ideas to you is going to be crucial no matter where you are in the world. And what comes out of that and how you discover community or how you're going to make a difference or what's possible come from those conversations with those people. It won't be anyone on a podcast telling you this is how you do it. You won't read it in a book. You're only going to discover it locally with those people that are around you. And they're there. Trust me, they are there no matter where you are in the world. I, be- I firmly believe that. Really. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well said. Well said. And can you, can you tell us... Um, how many people are sort of uh, are in your community at the moment? You know, how many people have committed? I know you mentioned that 100 people came, 50 adults, 50 children. Um, but are those people actually in the community or are they people that came to, you know, that, was it like an open day, uh, that, that event? Yeah, so like where we live, there's 12 people in the community and, and two kids. Um, and the people, the people that came to that event, are people that have been a part of, over the last year, um, being a part of a problem-solving network that is focused on growing food and regenerating land through syntropic farming practices. So we have a group of 90 people where we, you know, try to solve each other's problems, share resources. If someone needs seeds, if someone needs an excavator, we try to share. But that was only set up within the last year and a half. And like locally, we put um, through the network six farms in. So when we put a farm in, we take a group of people that we're mentoring on how to do this. And we combine that group with a, the land custodian where we're putting the farm on. And they're usually paying for trees and the compost and things. 
and they bring their community so they can learn. Because ultimately, we're only putting farms in with land custodians who want to build community. Otherwise, we're not interested. We're not interested in putting in um, food forests for food security purposes. We're can you just, interested for, for, in doing for, it. Uh, for the for the listeners' benefit, could you just yep. uh, explain what a, a land custodian is? Yeah, so I use the term land custodian because um, from what I've experienced, especially from being in Australia and learning from traditional custodians of this land, the Aboriginal people or the First Nations, that you're not an owner of a piece of land. Like that is a construct. You know, you're a custodian of a piece of land while you're living there, while you're there. So rent a piece of land, buy a piece of land, just squat on a piece of land, visit a piece of land. You know, like the people who are there most often are custodians of that land. They're responsible for tuning into that land and working with that land to produce goodness, basically, whether that's on a a regeneration scale or whether that's on um, a family scale or a community scale, you know, like they're being impacted by where they live environmentally, energetically. So anyone who lives on a parcel of land for long enough, whether you have a deed to it or not, you're going to be impacted by it through it. And I believe that you have a responsibility to that land as well to leave it better than you found it for future generations. Oh, me too. So. Me too. Yes. Thank you. And so, in a you know a, a country as huge as Australia, um, is it possible? You mentioned about you know in the different ideas of uh, you know get the deed for land, rent it. You mentioned uh, squatting on the land. Um, is it possible, like in in your area, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know, can you can you go to a bit of land that you know doesn't really belong to anybody, the government, and, and just kind of take it over and do cool things with it? Oh, I'm sure that anyone could find a piece of land like that in Australia, but more likely the land to take them over than them take, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> most, most of the epically livable places and even the ones that aren't are, you know, pretty intense. You know, we we live in a beautiful, like we got the forest and the ocean here um, in northern Queensland. It's pretty spectacular. We're pretty fortunate. But yeah, most of it, um, most of it has already been bought and sold many times. And most of what we're looking at is a hundred year old regeneration. The majority of Australia and the rest, as far as I've come to in the standard, has been cleared within the last two, three hundred years. And most of what we see is regrowth. And so even though it's beautiful and it's original and it's ecosystem energy remains to grow certain species and things like that, um, it's far from what it was. And we've got a long road ahead of us. There's no doubt. Um, but, you know, with the way I see it is that in two or three generations time, we could be somewhere to where this earth has been before living in harmony living in balance you know but we're not just it's not just going to go down so simply in our lifetimes like we've got to we've got to activate in a way that um oh how do i put this 
we've really got to activate that it's not in a one group saves the world it's not like one no one's coming to save you you know like you've got to activate in the pursuit of the individual and yeah. those individuals have got to come together and that's how the world changes from from what i'm seeing and we sort of live in this metropolis yeah we live in a metropolis up here and the there's such a good level of awareness there's so many resources and we genuinely believe we have a really great opportunity to build something that is an example to the rest of the world like we live blessed lives here compared to almost anyone in the world and we aren't sitting here feeling guilty about how blessed our lives are we're going or at least the people i know are going what are we going to do with this we're so mm -hmm. blessed there's so much abundance there's so much possibility what are we going to do with that let's do something with that let's not feel guilty about it or bad about it or like let's just fucking own it and step up and show the possibility locally like we're not even thinking globally we're not because we know that what we will create here locally can reverberate out to the rest of the world that I think that what we're doing here is actually happening in many other places around the world as well. Yeah, well said, well said. Well, I think that's a good place to uh, to come to an end. I really like to, if you're up for it at some point, you know, to get you back on the show and we can talk about um, community and other cool stuff. Um, is there anything at all? Yes, yeah, is, is there anything that you'd like to to leave us with, Brad? Fuck, oh, man, like. Yeah, I, I'm just really grateful for this opportunity to share. Um, and I'm grateful for for you, Jasper, and how you've been able to assist me and my family and what you offer. I really appreciate you, man. Um, and I think that if I was to leave something with anyone, it's, it's to keep creating. Stop settling for what's being told to you or what's being suggested you should do just be creative you know we're here to be creative beings and trust in the better times but yeah more than anything i want people to just start to reimagine the possibility because it starts there and when they get the opportunities through the magic of life to seize it and do something about it uh to take it We've, we've got an insect here in Australia actually called the praying mantis. Mm. And I don't know if you've ever seen the praying mantis, but. Yeah, you get them around here too in Greece. You've yeah. got them there too. There you go. Mm. Maybe they're a worldwide specimen. Who knows? Mm. But the praying mantis um, is what I'd like to leave people with because I think that they really embody what's needed. They, they move with the elements, they sway with the breeze. They embody the possibility at all times through presence. They pray. But then when it's time to take action, they strike. Mm. And it's swift and it's concise. And that's because they've watched and they've waited and they've learned and they've grown. And I think that's what we have to do is, yeah, not get caught up in timelines, but keep paying attention, keep changing our identities, keep changing how we think it's going to go and keep adapting that's what's well most said 
Yeah, well said. That's that's really uh, embracing the the incoming feminine, isn't it? You know, it's about being adaptive, being uh, you know going with the flow, and you know yeah. it's the masculine's uh, uptake and, and and utilization of the of the incredible feminine principle. So yeah, yeah thank thank you, thank you so much for the for that, Brad. And uh, thanks everybody. Leave us a comment below if uh, if you have anything to say, and uh, leave us a like, subscribe to the show, and I'll tune with you tune in with you again next time.